0: Hey everybody welcome to the non-talk network uh today we have an episode of uh, i guess non what was it non-talk review where we will be reviewing our favorite movies while we binge uh eat our favorite snacks and favorite drinks i unfortunately today have neither so i will be leaving it up to my guests today to be sharing what they're going to be having today we're going to be talking about Spaceballs. that's right the mel brooks classic today is finally 35 years old what a good awesome movie and uh i remember um uh, this movie i guess i i was introduced this movie i feel kind of the way that most of you guys probably did which was uh they showed it on tv this was one of the few movies that like Mel, one of the few Mel Brooks movies that they showed a lot on tv and um, obviously it was edited for content and stuff uh, uh, but even then like it was you know you basically kind of didn't really get like a watered down version. you had a lot of the jokes still intact. It was still a great time. I remember just, I remember this was around the time that like, like star I, I started getting hooked on star Wars as a kid and forever around that time, of course, then they were re-releasing the star Wars movies. And then they were also showing the Spaceballs movies because of it. And like, Oh, every time I, I caught it on TV, I absolutely, absolutely loved it. But uh, enough about me, Let's get to our guests. I am joined today by Alejandro. You might recognize him; he's usually our host of these shows, but today we're going to be taking the reins. We are also joined by Amanda Young, and also all the way from the East Coast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have Kate and uh, let's find out what you guys are uh, binging on. And uh, Alejandro, let's start with you. Oh man!
1: Uh, so I'm happy to be here. I like little little shameless uh, Coke and uh, definitely some homemade chicken and ramen noodles that I have here namin here. So I'm excited to be munching on that. Uh, I'm I'm hyped about this man. Uh, like little little insert won't be too long on this, but um, <laughs> funny funny fact about me: I, I love Star Wars a lot but I actually saw Spaceballs first and I didn't see Star Wars before. So I, I like literally one of those moments where my friends are chilling in the basement, watching TV, like, hey, check that movie out. And I was like, what is this? And I just, I just, I was just enamored by it. And my dad thought it was hilarious. And then after I watched that, I started watching Star Wars. So I'm ready to talk about it, man. I got some, I got some <laughs> sentimental value to this, to this uh, movie, so I'm hyped. <laughs>
0: Awesome, awesome. Kate, what about you? What are you sharing with us? What are you
2: uh lunching on today okay? So um I hit the Asian market before uh coming here today. So nice. um I got the mochi, I got these uh, cookies, um, I have some Cheetos and I also have some uh local ciders.
0: Oh nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I am oh, like, actually jealous of all of the things I'm you're winning so far right now am jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda, how about you?
3: Uh, I'm a little sick, so I am numbing on cough drops and tea. <laughs>
1: oh no!
0: Well, maybe you know, maybe this is a shout out we can get for uh, lozenges, or you know, <laughs> your favorite lozenge. Shout those out. <laughs> right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, uh, all of you. Thank you so much for uh, being here, and also for you, for those of you who are in the chat joining us. Uh, live thank you so much for joining us we really appreciate it um but yeah let's get on with this let's uh, put this, with this uh, not talking to you so i'm going to give this a rating so before we go on we give this usually a rating of popcorn basically, usually uh you know any number of popcorns but usually out of five five buckets of popcorn to determine how we feel about the movie five being the highest one being the lowest sometimes even zero being the lowest um, so, I'm going to go around the circle and uh, I'll start off ahead by saying that I will give this movie a solid, you know, a four out of five as far as, you know, comedy movies goes. So, you oh, know, I give it a four out of five. I, I think it's, you know, I was, it caught me at a very young and impressionable age. uh The humor was, you know, I just think is fantastic. I think it's extremely well written. Like, I mean, just everything that it encapsulates, it, you know, it makes fun of everything it makes. Star Wars, Star Trek, even the really, really horrible science fiction movies that came before them, like, all that stuff, I think, is absolutely phenomenal. It's, I, and, uh, you know, with, even with that being said, I, you know, I know that there are certain notebooks projects that are in the works right now. Like, I'm seriously hoping that maybe that we could possibly even get Spaceballs 2 the quest for more money. <laughs> 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 um Amanda, what,
3: how about you? What would you, how, what would you give this rating? Um, I I, didn't, I think I saw Spaceballs when it first came out. My dad worked at Fox at the time. Um, and I have always been a Mel Brooks fan. And I would give this a solid five out of five. Like, my, one of my favorite movies of all time. Gotcha, gotcha. Kate,
0: okay, how about
2: you? I'm probably going to go with, like, a four and a half out of five. Um, just because it's so clever it's hilarious like it just references so many things and um it's just goofy I love it
0: (laughs) absolutely I totally feel that Alejandro how about you what's your what's your popcorn rating gonna be
1: uh, it's going to have to be five out of five. Uh, this is my introduction to Mel Brooks, John Candy and Rick Moranis, man. I, I like and You know, now I think about it, it. was I wasn't that young going, oh, these guys, are, let me write these names down. No, it was just how I was introduced to them. You know, movie, a movie I didn't expect to be introduced this way. And it kind of not only introduced to that trio of uh, that trifecta of like awesomeness of uh, gentlemen, and I guess I would say like whatever their artwork or career was, uh, but also introduced me to Star Wars. So once again, yeah, definitely five out of five.
0: Awesome. You know what, the I hear people talk about this movie, I'm feeling like by the end of this, I'm probably going to end up feeling the same way, I'm probably going to end up feeling like uh, I'm probably going to end up getting it going from four, probably five, because I personally, my favorite Mel Brooks movie actually happens to be Young Frankenstein, and I give that one a five out of five, for sure, but uh, but enough about that, let's, let's talk about this movie, because the story, let's start with the story, like it's ultra candy, you know, once upon a time warp, like isn't that what the opening line is? Yeah. The opening dialogue. Like and we get the we get the we get the scroll. We we have a say episode eleven. Like it's hilarious. Like it's basically jabbing at everybody already right out the gate it has the ultra function of the shit. Like it's
1: The never ending. The never
0: ending shit. Like, I (laughs) you can make a joke about that by the end of it. I know at the end of it, Mel Brooks is out of print. He's like, I have to
2: do the whole thing. If I bought, the movie
0: would be over. (laughs) (laughs) And even with that being said, oh my gosh, the movie within the movie moment, where they actually researched the movie with the VHS tape. It's like, the, the jokes about this were just phenomenal. The the where they capture the stunt, I, it, it's oh wow. I mean, I'm already talking about this, and I'm already like going to change my reading by the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I, actually, I actually thought the story was you know it was campy, but also extremely extremely simple to follow. But it was one of those stories that we all kind of weird way, really, like could see ourselves in, and. You know, it, it was almost like one of those adventures that you end up having in the backyard with your friends when you're trying to pretend to be Star Wars characters in that galaxy. And that's a, kind of like this crazy, like, you know, like fun time in like with the, in like your family's RV, you know, or something like that, you yeah. know, something like these.
1: these the, in space voice, with a <laughs>
0: the space Winnebago. The space Winnebago. All this stuff I feel like is like, like, perfect. And I think it just it almost feels like an adventure that you, do, like, that you concoct in your own backyard. I feel like it's, I feel like it's something very wholesome. It's a very wholesome movie, and I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kate, what do you say about, about the story? How do you feel about the story? Like, what are your opinions on that? Like,
2: the story is just, um, like I said, it's really simple to follow, but at the same time, and, like, it's, crea- like, yeah, it's really creative because it doesn't take itself seriously at all, and it's just jabbing at everything within the science fiction genre, and then some like, um, uh, like, yeah, because it also has, like, also is making fun of just, like, fairy tales at the same time, like, the whole, like, princess having to marry a prince that she really doesn't want to. Yeah, it's just, the story itself is just so much fun. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree.
3: So my mom is actually watching this right now. And I just got a text from her because I mentioned that my dad worked for Fox. My mom went, your mother launched the home video. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, yeah, my parents worked in entertainment. So my mom uh, was so in cool. PR. So, yeah. That's awesome. That is
0: actually really cool. So that means she helped put that VHS tape in the movie. Not kidding. I know. She's in the movie. <laughs>
2: Oh, that I was also, that I do. I do appreciate that it has like the whole movie within a movie aspect. That um, they're just actively watching their own movie as it's happening, and um, they're completely aware of it at the same time. Oh, absolutely. I, I kind of, in a weird way, it kind of, you know, like it actually,
0: in a weird way, kind of predicted what ended up happening with video on demand with movies. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the movie is out at, at home before it's even left theaters, before it's even in the theaters, it's bad at home. It's like, it's kind of weird how I kind of predicted that
2: in a weird the, way. Oh, and then just like the whole like movie within a movie almost makes it immersive. Oh yeah. Like you're in there with them. It's, it's like, it's kind of hard to just the level of that really get movies.
0: Absolutely. No, I totally feel that. Um, Amanda, how do you feel about that story? the Spaceballs story chapter about um, how do
3: you do? <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's everything Mel Brooks is. This was not his first parody film. Um, and when he decided he was going to make this movie, he realized that he hadn't yet parodied space. Um, obviously he did Westerns with Blazing Saddle. He did horror with Young Frankenstein. He made a movie called Silent Movie. And then with the explosion of Star Wars, uh, because this came out in 1987, it was, it was kind of the, the thing to do. Interestingly enough, Brooks foreshadowed this movie at the end of History of the World Part One, which came out in 1981, uh, with the ending joke of the movie saying that the sequel would be titled Jews in Space, which in fact it is.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my, oh, no, that man is a comedic, Genius, genius! Like my gosh, like absolutely, like 100. Like, percent there's like there's absolutely no denying that the impact he's on the on the genre as a whole. Alejandra, how do you feel about the uh, the story of Spaceballs?
1: Uh it's 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 amazing, uh, and ironically, it foreshadows a lot of things in the uh, sci-fi culture. I mean, if you think about it, the uh, couple of jokes, Amanda, you just reminded me of a joke that goes on, you know, saying uh, <laughs> the Jewish space odyssey, in a sense. But he, uh, they mentioned um, in regards to it, and they're in the Winnebago. It's Barf and and uh, his cohort there, and he's like, you know, I'm I'm a druish prince, and they all look at each other and look at the camera. He's like, that's funny. You don't look Jewish.
2: <laughs> so it's just
1: this, you know, it's a slapstick comedy concepts and it's approach. It, it, it introduced me to a lot of these jokes and uh, it, it was just, it was just hilarious in a sense. But also if you think about it too. Uh, there was a joke they mentioned in regards to um, one of the, I believe it was like the equivalent to the empire workers on the ship. And the guy's like, who is that worker? And he goes, it's, it's, uh, he's an asshole, sir. And he goes, I know, but who is he? He's like, no, 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 it's Joseph, a asshole. And he's like, oh. He goes, how many assholes do we have working for us? And everybody raises their hands, like, oh, we're, ass- we're all assholes. And to me, that kind of reflects to me is like, like the Clone Wars. Like everybody was a clone. <laughs> like to me, in a sense, <laughs> they would all have the same last name, you know. So I, you know, I understand it wasn't exactly that, but kind of foreshadowed, you know, foreshadowed the Clone, the clone Wars in a sense with that. Um, but like the, the comedy, the way they did it, you, you um. Uh, kate you mentioned earlier uh breaking that third wall i mean being able to break that third wall multiple times i mean the, you know you have rick moranis doing his slapstick comedy you know as dark helmet and it's just it's just fantastic there's little you know raunchy nuances saying here to the simple you know dad jokes um but i, I just I, just the storyline to me was it was out there um at the time being and i understood that you guys said that this was made shortly after star wars and it's release uh or around that you know years um in that your time frame afterwards uh i once again i didn't know what star wars was but i still felt like i could follow the storyline to me it was enough of like oh this is hilarious that's this is this person this is this person you know from pizza the hut i had no idea it was a replica of java the hut but it's a big pizza blob like creature on there and i just understood that that was disgusting weird and funny but you know it's just one of those things him being the, in the mob world so in short it introduced me to a lot of different comedies and and or a uh, comedic relief style Deliveries in the entertainment world, so I definitely dig the storyline from uh, from, the sk- from the get-go.
0: Oh, absolutely. I also seems like we've got a cue ball in the comments. Uh, he says, uh, hey y'all, to me the movie is a 5 out of 5. The cast is good and it was hilarious. Well, Brooks is a genius. Things like that. words to be thrown on a lot tonight. Uh, genius in writing and directing the movie, and Rick Moranis is so hilarious as the, dark, uh, the Lord Helmet character. Uh, we've also got PR Jane. I need more space
3: balls. That's my mother.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! I think I just dropped something. Uh, There we go. There we go. I'm back. All right. Um, Yeah. You know what? I 100 percent agree. You know, I feel like this. There's a lot of this. um, Well, like the cast. Like you know. In fact, you just mentioned the. So let's go with the cast. Like. The cast is great. We had, you know, we've got John Candy, the legendary John Candy. We, you know, it, it, he was phenomenal. This was like a, this was my first introduction to. I feel like a lot of these actors. Um, the only one that I had only known before that was Rick Moranis. But that's because as a kid, I watched the, you know, the *Honey Shrunk the yes. series. But like, so to see, you know. We, but ultimately, of course, and uh, of course, we were, like right around the time that that was one going on, I had just seen Independence Day as well. So we got to see <laughs> Bill Pullman being the world's greatest American president to ever be living in film. Uh, like, you know, he's being another hero. It's, it was just so weird seeing him being like this ultra serious action star role, just so, <laughs> being in this very funny movie.
3: Bill Pullman <laughs> was not the first choice for Lone Star. And I think he was, in fact, the fifth. Uh, (laughs) Wow. Both Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks were offered the role and turned it down. Tom Berenger was also considered for the role. Uh, And Brooke's first choice was James Caan, who was uh, struggling with addiction at the time and deemed too uh, too expensive to insure on set. Wow.
0: The thing is, every single one of those is wow, like, every single one of those would have, been, I, would have been really good. Like, I mean, it's hard to see Tom Cruise possibly today doing a movie like that, but actually... Oh, well, but I, look
3: at Tropic Thunder.
0: I know, I, know that, I think. but now that as literally, as the words came on my mouth, I was thinking, no, Tropic Thunder.
3: Uh,
0: but no, I told, you know, that is so funny. Like, I can't believe, like, wow, that would be such an interesting Tom, uh, Tom Cruise as Lone Star action would have been... Great, actually, More in the multiverse. I, I know. Some of the <laughs> multiverse, he's both Mone Star and he's Iron Man somewhere.
2: <laughs> I, I oh just think that knowing that, like, that he was not the first choice, that he was the fifth, that really kind of enhances the character. Like, yeah. I'm just picturing like like uh, Mel Brooks having, like, a list of names and, like, they're all scratched out and then kind of like, I, <laughs> Yes. We'll call Bill's agent.
3: (laughs) So I I finished reading the Mel Brooks autobiography very, very recently. And there's so much in there about his life and every chapter is a project. And there was so much about Spaceballs. It was actually probably the largest chapter in the book, uh, aside from the producers. And so I I pulled out all these very interesting facts for the... uh, for the chat tonight.
0: Oh no, oh, I'm so excited! I'm really glad that you're actually sharing your- these anecdotes. I remember when I when the, our producer mentioned it to us that you had these this information. I thought that was fantastic because like, like I f- I feel like when you, you we know so much about these other science fiction films, but then of course there's there's this science fiction film. I don't feel like a lot of people get to know a whole lot of uh, like you know like the really cool anecdotes about it. So I think you have so much to share with us. I'm actually. So I'm
3: I'm, going to throw this one at you. Uh, It took Mel Brooks about six months to write the script for this movie, which was originally titled Planet Moron. Uh, And apparently there was some British science fiction spoof called Morons from Outer Space. And so he needed the, to change the name, him and his uh, production team decided to go through letters of the alphabet to find another word to add space for the title, and apparently Mel Brooks knocked over a drink and went balls, and his production guy went space balls, and that's how the title came to be. Also, awesome. like awesome. the ball shaped helmet. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh, it's, it's, it's like, all right, uh, meeting adjourned. You know, we were planning on going to this till like, you know, at least five, but you know, I mean, we, don't, don't want to play to that I mean, just, like, was, like, oh my gosh, like, I, I would say that is actually really interesting to find out that, that, you know, that Bill was like the fifth person in line. Like, that's, <laughs> that's how, like, I, I want, does, does he know
3: that? <laughs> <laughs> well, he does now. He does
0: now for sure. My gosh. Oh my God. Uh, Here's a really look.
3: interesting uh, a- anecdote. Uh, so you guys know who R.L. Stein is? Yes. Writer of of, uh, Goosebumps. So there's actually a novelization of the movie written by R.L. Stein under the name Jovial Bob Stein. Um, And some of the facts that weren't in the movie that were in the story is the name of the Dinks. They were Rinky Dink, Blinky Dink, Stinky Dink, Pinky Dink, Finky Dink, and Winky Dink. Um... Arlstein also contributed to uh, an interaction between Barf and Yogurt at the Desert Temple. Barf asks Yogurt if he was the leader of the Red Eye Knights and the possessor of the Force. Yogurt replies that it wasn't him, but Alex Guinness, otherwise known as Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, wow.
1: Gnarly. <laughs> oh my oh,
0: God. Think, that's so cool. I, I, was just look- I was just looking at We found out why the cue ball was a. It was a, He mentions that I just, yeah, I just had it in front of me. And here we go. He made uh, a uh, uh, PR Jane actually. Met, oh, actually, your mom actually mentioned that uh, Ronnie Graham was the priest, and uh, is it a JMJ uh, Bullock is the prince, the one that keeps falling asleep? I think that's actually hilarious. By the way, Prince
3: Valium. Prince
0: Valium. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: come on, come
0: on. We also have cue ball talking about how his favorite moment was when they talk about the uh, the big combs in the sand. Uh, we can't see shit. <laughs>
1: that, was a, that was a great. That problem. was like a shameless plug by the company as well. They were Us sponsored by Ace, yeah. Ace. They were like, we're down. They're, I mean, the advertisement of like things in here was like. No joke. Sure, okay. Oh, no. you know, I, also, yeah, I think it's also hilarious that
0: the Spaceballs, the coloring book, is actually a Transformers coloring book. Like, now with Blu ray, you can totally see that it's off of this <laughs> Hey,
1: those were legitimate yeah. bedsheets, though. Uh, the space ball bed bedsheets uh, <laughs> 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 that the president was doing mm-hmm. a little shimmy shimmy in. Yeah, those, were, those right. were legitimate. I would say, though, if they actually released
0: all of those items, the Spaceballs and the blanks. Right, go buy them. <laughs> they
1: would sell. Right. So, Producer so this, would kill me, but I'd buy him.
3: <laughs> this actually brings me to another story. Oh. Uh, so Mel Brooks actually went to George Lucas to get approval to make this film. And George Lucas was currently working on Howard the Duck. Uh, he apparently liked the jokey nature of the film so much that he gave Mel Brooks permission to parody any and all things related to Star Wars with one condition. The Fair Use Agreement... It's uh, basically said that no merchandise of any kind could be made of the film. And to date, none has. So the Damn. underlying joke of Yogurt's merchandising empire exaggerates, you know, that uh, it's also the reason we're never going to get Spaceballs the flamethrower. Oh,
0: my <laughs> gosh. I, actually, that is actually crazy. And he does say, though, like, that, you know, every, all the movie movies, the movie, everyone knows that the movie really makes money in merchandising. And that's actually 100% true. Like, and it's weird that you say that George Lucas didn't have that agreement because George Lucas actually, like actually when he made an agreement with the studios to make Star Wars, he said, if I can have all the rights and control every aspect of the toys and the merchandise that gets made for Star Wars, you guys can keep all of the basically, essentially, like majority <laughs> of like the rights. I think. Like,
3: yeah, George Lucas out. basically yeah. invented merchandising because that really yeah. wasn't anything that had ever been done before. Yeah, yeah,
0: like, um, he, it, he, yeah. It's insane what he did with that. Like, he had so much money that. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it's interesting insane.
3: though, because um, he also Brooks also went to uh, ILM or Industrial Light Magic. And booked uh, about five million dollars worth of post production work in order to kind of continue the relationship between um, him and George Lucas. So, Industrial Light Magic con- constructed the puppet chest burster from the film. Nice. They supplied the escape pod launch sequence clip, as it was actually an unused clip from Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> another, <laughs> another really? effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, another effect unit was used for the film as well, Apogee Inc., which was headed by John Dykstra and split from ILM in 1978 when Lucasfilm moved to a different portion uh, portion of the U.S. So, *Spaceballs* was the first time that the Star Wars special effects crew actually got to reunite on a movie project. That's cool.
0: That's that is actually really cool. Like, I, and also, it, I gosh, you actually the chess person you just reminded me how John Kurt comes back
2: to
3: reprise his role.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Not
2: again. <laughs> so good. So, this oh, is kind of back, Like the merchandising, but one of the things I saw recently, and obviously this is not official merch, but it still made me laugh, is um, a friend of mine has Spaceballs, the face mask.
3: I've seen oh, nice. those. Not official merchandise, though.
2: <laughs> not official. It's
3: not official. Not a- obviously, some more. Of- One more Star Wars tie-in is there's an actual spaceship cameo. If you look at the exterior shot of the diner, there is, in fact, a Millennium Falcon sitting parked
1: outside. How did I not see that? Uh, I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Yeah, that Gosh. was one of the first
0: things I met. I, I remember even on the TV broadcast versions of it, even when it's not in the widescreen, they still somehow are able to keep a portion of that Millennium Falcon in the shot. And I remember as a kid, I was like,
2: oh, it's Star Wars. I remember I'm wondering if we would actually see like Han and Chewy, like just in passing. Like I, I remember Eating when, in the
3: diner <laughs> with the pieces
2: in the bag like breaking the rules. <laughs>
1: See, technically they're foreshadowed you know Fox Studios and Disney Studios collaborating in one thing you know aliens and Star Wars look at that telling like this show this show is just a this movie is just a fortune teller
3: yeah I mean
2: Disney did acquire Fox didn't they
1: exactly that's what I'm saying everything I thought they
2: bought Disney Stones oh
0: absolutely like for sure like and Dis- Disney has kind of I mean, essentially, like, just taking control of everyone. They're, they're basically the, the... They are real-life space balls. You know, they're just taking everything, you
1: know, taking it see, for their own. See, now I want to see a baby yogurt, you know, instead of a baby Yoda. Maybe we can have, like, a... <laughs> maybe we can branch off, like, to break an agreement. It's a different story now, you know? So, <laughs> and, the, and the Mandalorian is just a guy with a
0: bucket on his head. He just yes. can't... His whole story is that he he keeps he says that the real reason why he can't take off the helmet is because I have created I have a vow to never show my face. But no, what it is is that the I've made a horrible mustache. The, the, the kid no, he, as a kid he put on the bucket, but as he grew older, his skull just grew into the bucket. So now he's just stuck in the bucket. <laughs>
1: we gotta get we gotta get them to make something. We gotta we gotta make something. Like, Can we please be part of this universe? It's funny oh my enough.
2: God.
1: Oh,
0: God, can you imagine this? I mean, I feel like I've been like I said. If, if, now we know. If, if we ever see somebody that has a story like that come out, we know who started the first. It originated here, okay? Yes. We came up with that
1: first. first. The
3: <laughs> By the way, so obviously Mel Brooks played two roles in that yes. movie. Oh, Do you know why President Scrooge's name is
1: President Scrooge?
0: Ooh. It's Brooks backwards. Ooh.
1: Son of I that's so simple, <laughs> but that that's great. That's great. <laughs> oh, he also was apparently got um
3: Scrooge is Brooks backwards. Uh he also apparently uh, got a really heinous rash on his face from all the gold makeup. Uh, oh, and was in pain from walking around on his knees for uh, uh, for yogurt. Oh gosh, but you
0: know, I hope Mel uh, I hope Mel Brooks knows that you know it was all worth it that he, you know, <laughs> We actually, like how beloved this film is, and how you know, it, he, I hope it was worth. You know, it's it was worth it in the end. I hope he feels that way because we certainly, you know, we're four people here talking about how much we love this film, and we, you know, and at least there's at least you know, who knows, countless other people who love this movie as well. So you know, the fact that you know,
3: yeah, you have to go read that, his book. It's brilliant.
0: I actually have. Yeah, like, what was it called
3: again? I think it's called All About Me and it really like it it's very sectionalized like you know birth to like this and then he did the Sid Caesar comedy hour and then from that he got into something else and then you know started making his movies and it's interesting one of the my favorite anecdotes sorry one of my favorite anecdotes from the book that keeps repeating every time he does a film is that after he would finish the film before the studio like officially was like okay we're putting it in theaters he would always have to sit down with like the people who gave him money and they'd be like okay you need to cut this and this and this and he would go okay and then never did it there were a bunch of scenes from blazing Saddles that they wanted cut there was a lot from this movie they wanted cut and Mel was just like okay anytime they tell you to cut something you just say okay and don't do it <laughs>
2: on after like a couple times they've been like hey guys he says he's gonna cut it. he's not
3: you know when I, when money rolls in after the fact like they don't really come back at you after those things that's true <sighs> I, this I, was I, actually I, his I, most expensive movie oh, uh, i sure. believe that this one costs yeah. something like 25 million to make which 30,
1: you know 30 yeah yeah there's nothing <clears throat> And that's yeah, exactly. and that's like equivalent today of what it, I mean, like that's close to like just a little was like a hundred or so mil now equivalent to what you know how much money you need to do and the production value and so forth, but that's insane.
3: Yeah, I mean yeah. the man holds yes. records for sure. Uh, the producers, by the way, on Broadway oh. is to date the highest awarded show ever. I believe they won eighteen Tonys when the producers first released. Hamilton, I think, only has fourteen. Jeez. So.
0: So what you're saying is is Hitler beats Alexander Hamilton.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that.
0: <laughs> oh God, Elizabeth. Oh God. Ad- Adolf Elizabeth.
3: But I mean, <laughs> how how do you beat like? What? It's he- time for Hitler. Like.
1: Oh, I but, hold on. That. Like, here's the crazy, because you did mention, you know, it's like an estimated $22.7 million on the budget, right? But ultimately, it grossed around $38.3 mil, right, in the United States, but it only fell short $6 million on the opening weekend to Dragnet, and that was a very, very popular comedy. I mean, Dragnet was just just one of those things where at the time, the crowd, you, you heard Dragnet, it's going to be funny, the cast and everything of it. So for it to actually make that much money still, you know, on opening weekend with that kind of heavy hitter of a comedic competitor was not bad at all. I had no idea until you mentioned I had to look it up. That's nuts. Yeah.
0: Actually what's weird about that also is that Dragnet the movie wasn't even, actually, the reason why it made so much money in the opening weekend was because of the TV show of the same name. But what was yep. crazy was that, that show was meant to be like serious. So when this TV movie came out and it was a comedy, like I remember my dad was saying that people were kind of like, like, pissed about it because like they even made like a stupid joke where it's like thank
2: god it's friday and
0: friday saves the day like it's like it's like it was really and then if you
3: remember get smart which was kind of a parody of dragnet uh, yeah which which i didn't know was also written by mel brooks
1: that Oh, I, see, that would explain uh, the reason why I liked a lot of that comedic style that came from there. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, just to, just to uh, follow up on what you and uh, Kenji were saying a little earlier. So evidently, um, Moranis claimed in 2013 that he and Brooks had discussed a potential sequel with Moranis pitching the title Spaceball 3, The Search for Spaceballs 2. However, he and Brooks were unable to structure a deal that would allow the project to move forward. So evidently February 2015, Brooks said that he would be, uh, would like to make a sequel to be released after the next Star Wars film and hopes oh. Moranis would res- uh, reprise his role. So evidently R- Moranis and Brooks were constantly pitching it to the studios and they would get agreement from the studios, but Moranis or Brooks wouldn't be available. So evidently there's been some thumbs up and I, you know, but, mm. <laughs> but I mean, that'd be, that'd be nice to have that. <laughs> <laughs> a continuation I mean, in a form you know what i mean so oh, absolutely i mean and so i mean and to be honest i
0: feel like we i feel like the world needs a renaissance of rick moranis i mean obviously you know what happened <laughs> with his family you know it's, it's very very tragic you know and it's completely understandable why someone would want to spend more time with their family with their family because of it but with that said though i am also very very excited if he actually did come back like, Seriously, like if I saw Rick Moranis on TV, uh, on a, a movie again, I would, I would, like, genuinely, I would lose it. I, I'd lose my
1: Did car. you guys ever watch the Goldbergs? Yes. Um,
0: the, yeah, okay. no.
1: Oh my God, dude, Moranis vocally reprises his role as Dark Helmet from the episode <laughs> of, like, Spaceballs. So they allow the Spaceballs to have a tribute with Rick Moranis and everything, all approved and everything, to actually reprise his role. It was really cool.
3: Yeah, That's I believe that Bernie lent his costume to the studio. What? for, because Bernie has a full uh, screen accurate dark helmet costume. Uh, that that I believe he adult man would
1: have a gorgeous thing like that. He would, yes.
3: <laughs> so
2: if they were to like, at, like, you know, it's like, you know, all the complicated studio stuff, like that's keeping them from making like more spaceball installments, but I think will be really hilarious. Is if they made it like on zero budget, like um, and unofficially, because like I know, like I think it was the cast of the Princess Bride remade the Princess Bride over quarantine from like basically. Yeah. You know? Um So I think it would be hilarious if like they if like a group of, you know obviously not all the actors are still alive. Rest in peace, um, John Candy and uh, Joan Rivers. But um, if like they could get people and just kind of do something like that, where it's more for fun than anything else. And everyone's just kind of doing it with what they have on hand.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think, and the thing is, I feel like if they put out their feelers, you know, just saying like, Hey, you know, we want to do this. I'm sure that like, that, I mean, one, I know that I know that these people would probably get compensated in some way, you know, just because you <laughs> know that's you know just because they already have money but like just the fact that there's probably like there's a pretty good chunk of people out there that probably would be more than happy to lend like whatever hours that they have to like for like a Mel Brooks project especially if, like, for no money
1: especially oh if, heck yeah
0: like, especially if, like we're making a sequel to Spaceballs yeah let's do this well know? I mean
1: you, you got heard, like I uh, that I'm sorry go on, guys, the-
2: but it hit its stretch goals like that
3: I don't think there's a studio out there that would be like, you know what? No, nah, we're not going to green like that. I think if he really was just like, all right, we're doing this, we're doing Spaceballs too, that the studios would be like, here's my money. Like, oh, absolutely. But he's I also actually, like 90 years old now. So,
0: well, I mean, there are the, with that being said, but he is still making and producing uh, new shows now. I mean, I know that there's one coming up the pipeline right now. I actually, I'm not entirely sure if I'm allowed to say it's titled, actually, wait, no, 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 there are, there are, about it. History of the World, they're doing a continuation of it, yeah. like, uh, so, because of that, like, you know, I was just like, sometimes you have to be careful with what you say, um, <laughs> what would you find out on set, um, so, like, uh, yeah, like, uh, History of the World, they're doing a, a continuation of that, I mean, I mean, it's not just, it's not just Mel Brooks, it's also, you know, of Sides, Nick Crow, um, there's been one person, I can't remember, but uh, the fact is, you know, there are people out there that are that he clearly seems like he trusts with his brands as well. It seems like so. You know, who knows? We might be able to. I actually really am all for the idea of Spaceballs three: the quest for the search for Spaceballs two. I actually love that title. I absolutely love it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm hyped for it. I mean, like, like Amanda, like you mentioned before, like, I don't think any studios would deny it. Or, I mean, Kate mentioned the fact that, you know, someone get a Kickstarter started. Um, the only risk with that, some people, you know, things can bail out real last minute. But, I mean, you got to think about it. You, like, for example, history has it, like Tesla Motors is a huge, huge supporter, supporter of the concept of space ball. So, for example, their company uh, paid the rights to use ludicrous speed, plaid speed, light speed and ridiculous speed in some of their acceleration modes that they have in some of their test models, uh, to actually go ahead and use it. I mean if you get I mean if you decide to say, hey, someone's do a shameless prop grab or advertisement gig and just like insert things just you know, Coca-Cola sponsored Pepsi. I don't care what we need to happen. Let it happen. Because, I mean, that was kind of part of the of the cheesiness of uh, Spaceballs <laughs> in the first place with Ace advertisement and Doritos advertisement and Micro Machines. <laughs> it was just things back and forth. Even Pizza Hut was even mentioned, uh, you know, slightly shamelessly in a sense. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm Mel, down has, it. A,
3: Mel <laughs> has a relationship with Disney, too. So, I can't, you know, he was in Toy Story right. 4. Did you know that? Both him and his best friend Carl Reiner voiced two characters in Toy Story Two. Mel's character's name was Melephant Brooks, and Carl Reiner's character was Carl Rhinoceros. That's
0: great! Oh, wow. wow. Now I have. But, this is
3: in Toy
2: Story
3: Four, <laughs> you said. I believe so. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah, I oh, mean, like, guy. there's a relationship in existence. I think it's just a matter of. You know him having to sit down and write a script. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I totally get that. I mean, I mean, I mean, like, I, I, understand. You know, it's it gets harder as, as time takes its toll on you. So. Ninety-five. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, Honestly, like after Carl Reiner died, I, you know, I don't know if you watched any of um, uh, what the hell is his name? Um, Seinfeld had that show on netflix where it was like in cars drinking coffee and comedy or something um and so at one point he went and sat down with mel brooks and carl reiner who are you know have been best friends for 60 years or some shit so i really didn't think that after carl reiner died that mel was gonna last too much longer um especially after losing his wife Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, he's 95 and kicking, man. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. He lost his wife really in, like, 2000. Early aughts, didn't he? Mel Brooks. Uh,
3: she died. Uh, well, he was married to Anne Bancroft until she died, I believe, in 2005.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: From 60, 1964
0: to 2005. Yeah, that's, that's a very... And I, I, I remember that when it happened, I was... I remember, and then, I remember being said.
3: <laughs> and then you know, his son Max Brooks is the one that wrote Zombie Survival Guide. I didn't realize yeah. that was
0: that they were related. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that's okay. Well, he's also got a great sense of humor too. I I, I actually have read that book backwards to front, and I I'm not even a big zombies fan, and I I actually read that thing to completion. I think it was hilarious that, he, that he's got apple doesn't far too far from the tree for sure.
3: Yeah. Oh but, yeah
1: like, gosh, I mean, th- you know, this, I feel like this, if
0: we really deep dove into this movie, like, at, like, like, even with, you know, how you with this, this, yeah, I feel like this movie has so many stories to tell that yeah. we, you know, just aren't pretty too, like, and, you know, and thank heavens, you know, he wrote that autobiography and explains so much, because, like, I mean, I wouldn't have known that Book Fulmer was choice number five. I mean, absolutely not, like, I, I think my
3: my favorite story from the entire book was, uh, I believe it was 2018 or 19, Mel Brooks was uh, given the Kennedy Center honor, and he actually turned it down. It would have been Bush, but then he was offered it a year later when Obama was in office, and he gladly accepted. And so there's this great picture in the um, in the book where he and his whole family have gone to the White House and met Barack Obama and his family and the caption under the picture is man I never realized how short the brookses were <laughs> 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 because apparently Obama's were like above
0: that is way too funny oh my gosh like, my goodness gracious,
3: gracious. fantastic.
0: Like it's, I mean, that's going to be somebody that's going to be greatly missed when he finally goes as well. I mean, I know that like it's, you know, I I feel like you know everybody has that time that comes, you know. But like, I'm really hoping we get to have Mel Brooks here as long as possible. You know, like it it seems like he's just like even like the little like videos that you see of him. Like I think those comedians convenience some cars and coffee uh Seinfeld uh, visits Mel Brooks at his own place and he's just absolutely delightful to, you know just hearing him talk and listen to him it's, it's just he just seems like such a joyous and nice man I'm really hoping that that I mean, I'm just really hoping that thing that we get to have him for as long as possible he's you know, he's he's going to say yeah, Frankenstein. We, we still need more music. We need movie versions of your, uh, musical versions of your movie still, Mel. No. Like, we, we need Spaceballs the musical. Like, <laughs> oh
3: my God, could you <laughs> imagine?
0: I mean, they, I don't know if you saw it, but they just announced Back to the Future the musical. So, yep. like, I mean, any, um, at this point, anything is possible, okay? Like, do you imagine like, there, just, there
3: being, like, an asshole song in... <laughs> It, like, the balls, the musical, like, they're all, like, up and dancing and singing about being an asshole. Like, that's what just came into my but head. It, but
0: you know that uh, Mel Brooks was going to have a dance, kind of like the bottle dance from Fiddler on the Roof, though, because <laughs> <laughs> that's something, I feel like that's where I you mean, would that, put in like, the very, the very, those kinds of jokes is where you would put it. <laughs>
1: I, I mean, it, it makes sense with the musical if you think about it. I mean, deliberately, the plot is like, deliberately, you know, advocates like fairy tales the whole time with like Prince and Planet Druidia. So, I mean, you have so many things that you can like, if you want to like, I' us say, follow each planet or go in depth little, you know, sing song variants, you got so many references you can make to space fairy tales, that would be an excellent. <laughs> actually, you in the you first know, place.
0: you, you mentioned, as actually, you're perfectly right. Like it's even that reveal at the very end that Lone Star is actually, you know, a prince that's that was left in front of a monastery so that he could be he could be saved and stuff like that like you know like all that like that would actually you're absolutely right that would that ties right into like th- like that's like some wicked like frozen shit that you know <laughs> that, that people yeah. eat up. <laughs> the
2: other no joke awesome about what like, baseballs, the musical is that like I'm not sure if anyone here has ever seen something rotten or even Shrek the musical, how it just constantly is ripping on other musicals, but they could be totally doing that. Like I I would just love to have them like see them do like an entire rap number. um, (laughs) kind of following the popularity of
3: Hamilton.
0: Oh, for sure.
3: Honestly, it doesn't even need to be Spaceballs the musical, it just needs to be Mel Brooks the musical. Mel Brooks the musical. (laughs) It's just I like, want to see a musical of Blazing Saddles, though. Like, oh, absolutely!
0: <laughs> for sure. Like, I, like I'm saying, all of these movies, all of these movies, lend perfectly for move, for musicals. We we need those. Um, all, it seems like we have a candy in L. A. Uh, what's up, Dad? Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, <laughs> My dad says, uh am merge with the producers and you've got a winning show, Springtime for Vader. You know what, that actually works. I mean, Vader is a German name. I mean, it totally works. Oh it's the
3: totally make it happen.
0: I mean, honestly, <laughs> I would be more than happy to see that entire thing happening. Like, come on, like, think about it. Like, we, I, it, this Springtime, uh, it, now that we're talking about it, I feel like it's actually like, it's like, no, 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 well, let's actually break down Spaceballs in the musical. <laughs> like, like, it would work so well. Like, it actually would work <laughs> tremendously well. Like I'm I can see
3: Kenji's wheels turning right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Like it, like it, it, it,
0: it's, it, it, it intrinsically lends to itself. You can even have yourself a nice little, like, movie. Like, you can have a nice little showdown as well. Like, oh my God, like, it would... It, 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 it's, it would actually work. So I, it would really, really work. I think it would be. I think it would actually make totally happen. Look, if Back to the Future can happen. If Back to the Future and Rocky can be musicals.
3: Mm-hmm. Then. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you say Rocky.
0: Rocky is a musical. Yeah.
3: Like no, I know. I thought you were saying you wanted another one, and I was like, oh, weird, no. Why?
0: <laughs> Rocky Seven. <laughs>
3: Rocky 7, you know, Drago I will say there's some things that do not need to be made into musicals. My mom and I went to see Big Fish, the musical. Like, I, it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. No way! Like, That's why? So why would you ruin a perfectly good movie? That's
0: actually really unfortunate to hear that that movie did so, that that movie I was, was
3: it so badly. I was <laughs> devastated because it's another one of my, like, favorite movies. There's a very core, you know, there's like an essential message in that movie and everything like none of the songs made sense. None of the sets made sense. Like I had no idea, I could not for the life of me, remember a single song, single line from the entire show if I had to like try and recall anything other than it was just not good. I mean,
0: and now I just thought about it as far as production scale goes, like we can make it ultra big. We can have one big number and then, like the following, like basically, almost like Spider-Man and Turn Off the Dark, like levels of like production value. And then the, the, the next scene, there is like nothing. Without like, nothing all the problem, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's
3: like it's like, it's like
0: what, what happened? What happened to all the sets? We we spent all the money. What do you mean we spent all the money? You, did you not see that finale? We just had it. Amazing. <laughs> we spent all the
1: money. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think that would be great. Like
3: oh, brilliant, wow. this, brilliant. This,
0: Please be alive a little bit more. Please stay alive. No, between me, Spaceballs the musical. We need Blazing Saddles the musical. Like even that one also. Like I mean, people love West Ham, the musical.
3: Silent right? movie the musical.
2: <laughs> so 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 like I'm like I'm thinking just like after the, like we ran out of money and then like the next scene they have something like where did all this come from? Oh, we found it in the back. Is someone's not using it? And like it can be stuff that is from a from like a, like a like a musical that just. Very like famously failed, like Spider Man turn off the dark. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like we just used, we, we just used all these leftover props and shit.
3: <laughs> oh, somebody us. here's <laughs> money.
0: Trevor <laughs> was very generous. Get rid of all these props, <laughs> and he even had someone comes up in a spandex suit. Uh, Mel,
3: if you're uh, watching, we're writing it for you. <laughs>
0: really, we're literally writing this musical for you, Mel. Um, take you notes, know, take like, notes. Oh my gosh. Like, abs- I, you know what? Like, I will say I originally started this review process with a four out of five because, you know, I, I just, just because I prefer, I, I list Spaceballs second to Young Frankenstein and you know bring aside it's like the perfect five out of five but you know just talking about all this with you guys you know what it's reignited that love that i have for this thing you know I, I, i'm gonna have to put it back up to five it's, it's a five it's a five out of five movie although yeah, you, you know, may change a, your
3: mind again when you read the book because there's a lot in there about young frankenstein <laughs>
0: we still make it a, I mean, it's. I mean, I'm just saying it's earned that five. Now. I mean, oh, Young no. Frankenstein's still going to be a five, and probably you know I'm still going to. put – It doesn't matter. I'm still put Young Frankenstein to uh, above spaceballs. But even with that said, though, I mean, I. You know, I, I, even if I read that book and I find out that there's so much more about it's, it's, it's okay. It earned that five. It earned that eight. It, it, like, <laughs> like an, I, A. Like, it, like, I'm. It, Mel Brooks can act like a, a proud Asian mom right now. It, it earned that A. You know, it
3: got an A. Yeah, it's, it's a really, like, it's really interesting. You know, I read memoirs constantly. And sometimes you can tell that they're kind of, like, ghostwritten. And it was, like, written out of an interview. But, like, Mel Brooks very obviously sat down at his typewriter, because I'm assuming, you know, he's 95. He's not really using a computer. Um, and I literally typed this out himself and and just you know at 95 if you don't write it down you're gonna lose it i guess but you know i mean just <laughs> the stories and like how one project lended into like led into another project and how he got the cast and how he picked the people that he worked with it's fascinating
0: gosh i mean he essentially i mean i would actually love to hear about his relationship with gene wilder as well because like i mean he was basically in every movie that he did so like <laughs> It's in mean, there. Oh, yeah, I mean, I bet, I'm sure. Gosh, well, you know what? I how does everybody else feel? Like I mean, everyone was basically already seen five out of five anyway. So your opinions didn't change, except they got unless it got worse for some reason.
3: <laughs> it. I think oh, Nomtalk's going to need to start a book review now. Oh gosh. <laughs> Mel Brooks Absolutely. will be the first one. My mom apparently commented uh, because it just popped up from Stephanie, and she said, "Stop insulting old people."
0: <laughs> oh man uh my dad even listed a couple more songs he said um we have uh um if i were a Jawa.' we've got feelings Ode to the force like i mean we, i mean here's the thing those seem like star wars musicals uh musical songs but i will say that Spaceballs the musical would definitely do better than Star Wars the musical, which actually does exist. There is an official Star Wars musical out there, and it is garbage. <laughs> Anyways, uh,
3: <laughs> Because the difference is that Mel Brooks would write his own versus Lucas, who's just sitting up at Skywalker Ranch counting his fucking $4 billion that he got from Disney That's, when he sold uh,
0: Star Wars. You'll, you'll, you'll want to make a Star Wars a musical. Uh, okay, You can make a Star Wars musical. <laughs> thank you so much uh, I, I just want to say thanks so much for uh, have, uh joining us uh, on people extreme thank you so much for ha- uh, for jo- tuning in um this is all the time that we have for today unfortunately but you can catch us on the next episode of non-talk um amanda uh, where can we find you on the social medias
3: I am on all of the social medias at Roland Yolin and I am a nerd and I sometimes post weird nerd shit.
0: Nice. 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 Awesome. And Kate, Burke, where can we find you on social
2: media? Uh, I mostly use Instagram. My personal one is little gummy fish and then my uh, art page is Kate So awesome, that's awesome. And linked to other stuff from there. Awesome. And Alejandro, where can we find you?
1: Uh, I have an Instagram uh, entertainment page for content daily. It's going to be I-A-M-C-O-W-I-E. I am Cowie. Uh, I post daily content, shenanigans, and all sorts of stuff. Awesome.
0: Awesome. And I am the KenGenator. You can find me on Instagram at KenGenator. TikTok as well. You can find me on Twitch at So much the other one. Uh, and uh, and also on Sundays, uh, at, usually at uh, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I am with along with my father who was in the chat with me at KD in LA. He is a DM for a Dungeons and Dragons uh, campaign that I'm a part of. He's a, very, very good. Uh, he's a great DM. Uh, we're going to different kinds of uh adventures, and I basically play a Witcher, it's a warlock sort of. Thing. it's an eldritch no i play an eldritch tonight. that's what i play uh basically playing him as the witcher tune in and join us on sundays uh with that being said i am kenji thank you so much for joining us on nom talk network and we will
2: see you on the next one Laters.
3: may the shorts be with you